Hello, podcasting friends. It's Brett Dallas, and today, September 13th, 2019, I am bringing you episode two of the BD Frequency. I'm enjoying this a lot more than I thought I would. I'm enjoying podcasting for more than one reason, and today I'm talking about three topics in one podcast. Three topics I think will benefit you. These topics are not giving a shit as fuel for confidence learning how to meditate, and B vitamins. Those are the three things we're talking about today here on the BD Frequency. Um, I got a tattoo yesterday, and I spent about seven hours in the tattoo artist's chair having a pretty big tattoo put on my arm. And if you've ever gotten a tattoo, or even if you haven't, you may know, that there is a kind of bond between a tattoo artist and the person getting tattooed. And it's kind of inescapable. I've had a lot of tattoos put on me over the years. And as I was sitting in this chair, having this gentleman do his, his artwork on my skin, we got into this conversation and it was a very deep conversation. It was a lot more intimate and revealing than I was expecting. And I ended up telling him a lot about my life that I would have never told a complete stranger. Prior to this tattoo session, I exchanged maybe two or three sentences with this young man as I was setting up the appointment for the tattoo. So we were basically on stranger level terms before this. But at the end of this seven hour period, I knew more about this young man than I think I know about many of my dearest friends, about his struggles, about what he was going through with his relationship at the time, about his depression, his mental health problems. And it was very surreal. I found myself standing up from the art, from the tattoo artist's chair and feeling like I had made a new friend, but I've also obviously acquired a new tattoo too. So. It was a win-win. But one of the things we talked about in that seven-hour discussion was about how to slough off the need to, or the, the need to be accepted or the feeling that you have to please others. So this young man was dealing with this struggle himself and he explained it by saying that For so many years of his life, he had spent his time and energy trying to please everyone around him. And he's, you know, at the, at the, at the ripe old age of 28, he's just now realizing that he needs to be living for himself and that he needs to turn away from trying to please everyone around him and focus more on who he is as a person, what he wants to achieve in this world. And So in that discussion, I felt compelled to sort of give him some advice. What have I learned in my 40 years here on this planet about the value of other people's approval? What I've learned, and I told him this in so many words, is that 
the, the biggest leap I've ever taken in my own personal development in, in my entire life, the biggest leap I've ever taken was when I, I stopped thinking and caring about what other people thought of me and decided to forge forward with whatever I wanted to do in the first place. Now, there are some who might look at this position and think of it as selfish because after all, if you live for yourself only and you don't care about anyone else's perception of you ever, ever, then the world takes on a very sort of you-centric perspective, doesn't it? Because if all you care about is your own approval, then who else are you really living for? But I think that's a that, that that's kind of a that's sort of a perverted way to look at it. And this is what I mean by that. In Oren's case, his name is Oren, by the way, my tattoo artist. In Oren's case, he had totally self-sabotaged his life because all of his resources, effort, and energy were being put into pleasing and gaining the approval of others. And so he suffered for it. Now, everyone around him was benefiting, clearly. Everyone around him was getting his time and energy and efforts and probably his money as well as he was explaining he was living with someone else and was paying the majority of the bills and whatnot. And so he was he was orienting, orienting his life to please and benefit everyone else. And at the end of the day, he didn't have anything left for himself. And I remembered, I remember feeling that way. I remember, especially in my 20s, and I think most people in their 20s would probably resonate with this. When you're just getting started, maybe perhaps out of college or out of high school, and you're trying to make a name for yourself, you're always for sale. You're always trying to convince people of your worth. You're always looking for a way to establish a foothold in this world so that you can get a reputation, so that you can get some credibility, right? You want to be respected. You want to be sought after for your expertise and your understanding of the world around you. And that doesn't come easily. But it, I feel like as you get older, you, you start to look around at everyone else around you and you start to see them succeed. You start to see them establish families and make yet more money and achieve and accomplish things, get advanced degrees, go off into the world and do amazing things, invent things, create powerful software that, that does flashy stuff, right? And if you're, if you're constantly comparing yourself to the pool of people around you, that are constantly achieving things, or at least that's what the, that's that's what you see in their Facebook feed and on their Instagram feed. You're seeing all the good things that are going on in these people's lives, and if 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 you're still trying to please those same people, you are never going to be happy. Mark my word, you will never be happy. And Oren wasn't happy, and he confided in me during this tattoo session that. He was deeply upset at his life. He was very depressed. And really the only reason he felt so comfortable telling me all this, by the way, was because I told him what I do on YouTube. I told him about the mental health struggles that my subscribers have and that I have. And, you know, I, I gave him an opportunity to tell me more about this, his depression and he did not pull back whatsoever. He didn't. It's funny how this works, folks. It's funny how open people become 
when they realize that you at least have some understanding of what they might be going through, i.e. depression, anxiety, self-image issues, relationship problems, self-doubt, worry, insecurity. When the people you're talking to even think for just a second that you might be able to understand them, it's amazing how open they become. And it was surreal having this conversation with Oren as he was you know, causing me pain as he was tattooing me as the needle of his tattoo gun was penetrating my skin however many dozens of times a second. Um, and then another piece of advice that I gave him, and this is moving into topic two for today's podcast. Another piece of advice that I gave him was a piece of advice I wish I was given when I was a lot younger. <laughs> and that is to learn how to meditate. Now, meditation is seen a rise and fall in popularity a lot over the past decade or two. And right now it's in a lull. You're not hearing a lot about it. Meditation as the savior for mental health isn't really talked a whole lot about right now. And I'm not, I'm not sure I know why. It's not in vogue like it was maybe eight to 10 years ago. And I'm noticing that. And Oren was very interested in meditation as something he could try doing. And he asked me what advice I would give to a complete beginner, someone who has never meditated before, but would like to try it. Well, I told him what I did when I first attempted to meditate. And that was the following. I sat myself in a room alone. It didn't have to be dark per se. I didn't, I didn't have to have any soothing music going on in the background. I simply sat alone in a room and I paid attention to what my thoughts were doing. I didn't, I didn't choose a thought to think, nor did I prioritize any thought above another. I just sat and, 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 and watched myself think, I guess is the best way to put it. And what I noticed was every few seconds, I would notice a gap. I would notice a gap in between my thoughts, right? So I, you know, I'd be sitting there and I would be thinking about, let's say, you know, my girlfriend and then the dogs and then how much have I had to eat today? Should I drink some water? And then there'd be a gap. And that gap would obviously immediately be replaced by a thought soon, but there was a gap. That's my point. There was a gap in between my thoughts. And what I did was the next time I saw a gap or I noticed a gap, I held onto it. And this makes all the difference. So I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and tell you this. If you're someone who's new to meditation, who, who you may think that, well, you know, you're ADD or ADHD, you have too many thoughts going on at once. It's impossible for you to sit still and clear your mind because you're just too overwhelmed with the barrage of thoughts that are constantly invading your psyche at every moment. If this is you, if this sounds like you, if you can't relax, if you can't slow down, then mind the gap. Okay. And Oren, he really, he liked that because it was easy for him to understand. I, di I didn't have to get into things like mantra or holotropic breath work or you know, um, pranayama or zazen or mindful. I didn't have to talk about any of the buzzwords or, you know, catchphrases in 
modern discussion about meditation and Eastern thinking. I just said, find the gap. The next time you have some time alone, find the gap in your thoughts. Find that, that small gap between thinking and hold on to it. Try to extend that. When I first started doing this, I was able to do it for two seconds. And then I found that I could do it for four. And then I realized, well, if, if I can stall my thoughts for four full seconds, I wonder, I wonder if I could do it for 30. I wonder if I could really make it so that I didn't have a single thought in my mind for an entire 30 seconds. Could that be done? Could I do that? Could my monkey mind, this sporadic, twisting, chaotic bundle of errant thoughts, could I, could I corral this to the point where I could not think a single thought for 30 seconds? Now, now thinking a thought, I want to be very clear. Thinking a thought is not the same as having an emotion. I think you'll find that it's possible to feel something emotionally, but yet not have a thought in your mind at that time. It's quite possible, in fact. So keep that in mind. If you're feeling something, it's not a thought. It doesn't qualify as a thought. And so that's how I, I told Orrin he might want to explore learning how to meditate. Now, I'm, I'm going to get an update from him here in a few days after he's tried it out, and, and we'll see if he's got any progress. But I remember that for me, it took about a week and a half, maybe two weeks of daily effort to get to the point where I could go a full 30 seconds. But that's still pretty fast. It's still pretty fast to be able to get to the point where you can not think at all for 30 seconds, and it only takes a week and a half or so. I, I was pretty proud of myself when I reached that, that, um, that benchmark. Uh, I want to move on now. I want to move on into the last subject of today's podcast, which is the role of B vitamins in your life and your diet. Uh, before we go any further, it's important here at this point to note that I'm not a doctor and I don't have any formal training or education in nutrition or pharmacology. So please take what I say with a massive grain of salt. Know that I am just some guy on the internet doing a podcast and that I've done my own research, yes, but your own research is required, I would suggest, before you endeavor to do anything that I talk about here on this podcast. I want to talk about B vitamins just as of the final topic here on this podcast because I believe that they're overlooked. I believe that not enough people understand them. And I believe that there are a lot of ways that B vitamins in specific can improve the quality of life for many folks, particularly folks who don't eat well. So what you may know about vitamin or about B vitamins, also called the types of vitamin B, is that they're used to convert food into energy. Now that's typically the first thing that someone tells you when they explain what B, what B vitamins do. It takes the food you get into your GI tract and it helps convert that into energy. Well, food as we all know, is broken down into uh, nutritional fragments, we can call them, that are then absorbed by the body. And that breaking down process is typically done by the enzymes, both in your saliva and in your stomach fluids and the fluids secreted by your intestine. Vitamin B has a lot, has, has a huge role to play in all of these, but because there are eight different types of vitamin B, people get confused very quickly. 
What's the difference, for example, between niacin and pantothenic acid, both of which are B vitamins? What's the difference between vitamin B6, also called pyridoxine, and vitamin B12, also called cyanocobalamin? And then there's folate and thiamine and riboflavin. There's all these B vitamins out there. And this is why when you go and you, you go to the, the health food store or the drug store and you get a B complex or a B6 complex or a B12 complex, what you're getting is you're getting a pill that's got oftentimes a compounding of all of these different B vitamins. Um, it can be a little bit like splitting hairs when you talk about the difference between them. Like, so for example, uh, thiamine, also called vitamin B1, is useful in converting glucose into energy. And it's also important in nerve function, but it's difference between, it, the difference between thiamine and riboflavin is fairly, is fairly nuanced. Because riboflavin, called B2, is also involved in energy, energy production and glucose conversion, but instead of having more of a, an impact on nerve function, riboflavin has more impact on vision and skin health. So a lot of these B vitamins are, like I said, nuanced in the role they play in energy conversion within the body. Um, niacin, vitamin B3, helpful for detoxification and converting carbohydrates and fats into energy. But like riboflavin, it also does support skin health. So there's a lot of bleed through here between these B vitamins. Um, I want to talk about though, as we wrap this podcast up for this week, the importance of the first one, the one I've already mentioned, which is thiamine B1. I mentioned that it, it has a role in nerve function. Well, what do we know about nerves? We know that in the nervous system, there's a series of synapses that function in the brain. Those synapses are, they, they could be better described as gaps between neurons and um, when nerve function is impacted by a B vitamin like thiamine, the synapses in the brain function more efficiently. You could think of thiamine as being food for neurotransmitters, by the way. Some people don't absorb thiamine very well. And there have been efforts by humans to develop a synthetic kind of thiamine. And this is where I'm going to end this podcast, and that's on the subject of solbutyamine. Now, you know, throughout the course of human history, we have been toying around with synthetic substances for a long time, ever since the alchemists started trying this. And with the invention of solbutyamine, which is a synthetic B vitamin-like substance, We've been able to mimic the effects of thiamine, but we've also been able to produce something that those who don't absorb thiamine very well could really benefit from. Now, whether or not you're one of those people is going to be up to you to determine and maybe experiment with. But I have been trying solbutyamine for the past about week or so, and there is something here definitely. And I'm, I don't know if I'm one of those people that doesn't absorb thiamine very well from B vitamins or not. But I do know that supplementing with solbutyamine is it's giving me more energy, yes. But because I fast, 
and I uh, intentionally put my body into a, a state of ketosis, I believe that sulbutamine and thiamine are doing something else. I think that because there's not an energy conversion operation going on right now, for example, it's 11 o'clock, it's 11.30 actually, here Mountain Time in Colorado. I haven't had any food yet today. It's because I'm fasting and I fast for the first 12 to 15 hours of the day. Well, when, you, when you're taking a B vitamin that is responsible for converting food into energy and you don't have food in your system, what's going to happen? This is what I'm finding out. And I'm noticing that there's an effect on my cognition. It's positive. My concentration, also positive. My ability to recall words, my verbal fluency. I mean, you can tell here on this podcast, I'm not really stuttering much or stammering or being at too much of a loss for the words that I want to use when I, when I talk through this with you. So there's something going, there's something here. There's something about combining fasting with B vitamins and, and in specific solbutamine that is affecting my cognition in a positive way. Um, so I'm going to leave it at that. I like sharing my anecdotal information on supplements. Hopefully you guys find this interesting. I don't want these podcasts to run on for too much longer at the risk of boring you all. Uh, so what I will do in closing is thank you for listening. Thank you a ton for supporting me in whatever way that is, whether it's on Patreon, on YouTube, or here on Spotify or anchor.fm or Google play or Apple music, whichever platform, uh, you are hearing me from or on. I appreciate you supporting me there. Thank you a ton for listening to the end. I'm signing off. We'll see you guys next time on the BD Frequency. This is Brett Dallas. Good day.